Alternative Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Here we have uh, some things to tell you. I'll be, uh, you know, reading a couple news stories, and Joanna will be telling us probably something horrible. Um, you know, well, I mean, it, it's it's a little borderline. I also have just some some fun stories. I, I have oh, and a, fun stories. I, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. You know, I, I've got a turkey terror story. Ooh. And uh, turkeys can be terror. You know, yeah, because it's that you know it's turkey time. It is. Uh, my, I have, I, I don't have shit about turkeys. So, well, it's a good thing I do then. It's a good thing you are. I stick a to turkey. the themes. I love a theme. <laughs> you do love a theme. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with the theme then. Okay, Turkey Terror. Now, I might have mentioned this in our last Turkey Terror episode, but this is a more updated article about one of the turkeys I may or may not have talked about that seems to like to uh, attack people quite a bit in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, well. Bit of a menace, and, and it's been going on for a while, though, so it's it's a, a continuation. If I talked about it last year, there, there's been more there's been more attacks since. And this this comes out of WallStreetJournal.com, <laughs> an article dated May 1st, 2022, by James V. Grimaldi. Washington, D.C. On a recent sunny spring day, cardinals, meadowlarks, and bobolinks flit through the wooded patch between Kenilworth Marsh and the Anacostia River. Wow, those are a whole bunch of words that I'm sure mean something. I know this guy is very wordy. I'm like, why Fucking did I? Fucking birds fly into a river. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have paraphrased this one this time instead of just being like almost. It was lazy of me to just want to read the the article straight verbatim, uh, but now I'm kind of re regretting that. Oh well, next choice. Time. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'll continue on. <laughs> a serpentine concrete bike and footpath winds through this pastoral stretch just blocks from a dense working-class neighborhood, but nobody is here. Phew. <laughs> indeed. Steps away, a dozen or so neighbors jog and power walk on a synthetic city track. Walkers and bikers say they are afraid of the path through the woods after a series of recent attacks. Cliff Robinson pauses to explain. It's because of those turkeys, says Mr. Robinson, age 70, a retired court services employee. Quote, I was attacked there three weeks ago. I was trying to get away from him and he came after me. He wouldn't let me pass. End quote. Because <laughs> turkeys just like. Like the Black Knight. I know, like, like, like Gandalf or some shit, yeah. you know, like, you shall not pass. Mm-mm. The suspect, a male, heavyset, three and a half feet tall, with a blue head and neck, pink flaps on his chin that turn red when he struts, shiny black and fluorescent breast feathers, and a large fanned bronze tail. The weapons, sharp beak and talons used to slash passersby in the legs and thighs. Jesus. <laughs> I know. 
the victims, more than a dozen walkers and bikers, including several who have required urgent medical care, tetanus shots, and antibiotics. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because let me tell you, the yeah, n- especially none if you're of on a bicycle. Uh, you're, you're on a, a bicycle, bicycle and some, some fucking... turkey fucking just starts pecking the shit out of you. Yeah, it knocks you off you your down. bike. Yeah. You're going like 20 miles an hour. Some turkey jumps in front of you and knocks you off your bike. You eat shit. It bites you. Oh, my gosh. I would totally like just hit it. I would just risk eating shit from hitting it rather than eating shit from not hitting it because fuck that goddamn turkey. Yeah, seriously. What a dick. Total dick. Turkeys are dicks. That's why yes. I... Don't feel really bad about eating them for Thanksgiving dinner. I don't feel bad about most meat. Sometimes cows, I do, when I think about it a lot. I don't eat a lot of baby stuff, so I don't... I mean, I do love lamb, I have to say, but I I rarely eat it because... You're a bigger fan of adult meat than baby meat. Exactly, exactly. And I've only had veal one time in my life, and I thought it was gross, so I've never tried it again. Yeah. And yeah, but turkey is yeah, no fucking guilt whatsoever at all. Just like laughing and eating turkey. Mm-hmm. Oh, duck is another one because I actually kind of like the ducks are like the one bird that I actually kind of like uh-huh. and think are cool. But so it, ducks are really good and, and fatty. I, I like fatty stuff, but Never had I don't, a duck I don't before. eat duck a lot. So again, I don't have to deal with a guilt a lot, but, but when I do eat it, I, I feel a little bit bad about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But like, not oh, turkeys. you. <laughs> Poor Daffy, you just taste so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, duck is good. <laughs> yeah, but no, turkeys never... I, I just thoroughly enjoy eating it. They because, deserve it. Um, you know, turkey meat's really good. It's pretty yummy. And they do fucking deserve it, in my opinion. Especially this fucking bird, dude. Yeah. There is a quote. There is an element of humor to it. End quote, said Dan Rauch, uh, D.C. Department of Energy and Environment Wildlife Biologist, part of a team trying to catch the perpetrator. Quote, there is a terror turkey stalking a river trail. If I hadn't seen the videos myself, I would have thought it was an urban myth. End quote. <laughs> well, no shit. It doesn't <laughs> sound like a real thing. Although, I mean... So it's surprising uh, even a wildlife biologist is right. a little bit surprised by this extreme aggression. Yeah. This being the nation's capital, a multi-agency task force of more than half a dozen agencies has assembled a dragnet across city, state, and federal lands to try to cage the wily bird. Wild turkeys are making a national comeback after nearly going extinct a century ago, according to a copy of Turkey Interview Talking Points, (laughs) drafted by the National Park Service and reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. With the proliferation of wild turkeys, about 7 million nationwide, there has been an uptick in unhappy encounters with the public from California to Massachusetts. Most interactions are harmless, and typically turkeys become aggressive during breeding season between March and May, though the attacks can occur at any time. Males are aggressive to establish, don- males are aggressive to establish dominance. Often they are protecting hens and a nest with eggs or fledglings. Turkeys, turkey attacks have left people with bloody punctures, scratches, and bruises. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, it seems as though there's 
like no turkey deaths. <laughs> right. No one. No one's been killed by a turkey yet. Right. Not yet. At least. Yeah. The night is young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck that bird. <laughs> it's also kind of amusing that there's a multi-agency task force right, right. to catch this thing and well, uh, like if i know an, anything about the government they ain't gonna catch shit right and the multi-agency is just gonna be one more thing that kind of like interferes with it if uh, like uh you know in our missing 411 stories whenever yeah. somebody goes missing and it's like kind of borderline between that you know federal like national park and then like state park boundaries then it gets all like fucked up or it's you know two different national agencies that like it yeah it's never a good no thing it's not it's usually like not a good thing when multi-agencies have to like partner up because actually that sometimes makes things worse fucking idiots is what (laughs) it is (laughs) like it really doesn't matter who's in power it's a bunch of ineffectual old dumb fucks so hey yeah, you're not wrong. Sucks to you're suck. not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Outside Boston in November of 2020, Liz Paulette said that she was on her way to a Dunkin's, Dunkin' Donuts, I'm assuming, for coffee. Parentheses, large, iced, cream, one Splenda, and parentheses. Great, great, Gross. great to know. Thanks, Wall Street Journal, for including that to yeah, be like Splenda. Cool. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure this woman loves that you outed her for liking Splenda. <laughs> Rude. When a wild turkey began tailing them, so she was on her way to Duncan for her coffee. When a wild turkey began tailing them, I had quote, I had started walking backwards to keep an eye on it, not wanting to make any sudden moves. End quote. Ms. Pullett said in an email, quote, when it was a few feet away, suddenly it jumped at me like out of some cartoon. I had to use my purse to beat it back. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> she sustained scratches on her arm. You know, I can understand how you could be taken kind of taken by surprise by a turkey. But if you know the turkey's going to fight you, get a stick and kill the goddamn thing. It's a turkey. I would have like a turkey beating stick if like I knew this many attacks had gone. Yeah. I, I'd be out there with my club probably like just begging. It's like, yeah, come at me. Like who needs the government? Like, like please, a, please attack me. Just bring a machete. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to buy turkey <laughs> dinner. It's all you, bitch. <laughs> I would just love to, I mean, because that's really the solution. I mean, the multi-agencies can, like, you know, confer and get together and try and come up with, like, a solution together that'll actually do something. But ultimately, we know it's going to do nothing. So you may as well just bring your baseball bat or your machete and go take a walk and be like, hey, it attacked me, bro. Right. And it's a fucking turkey. I have the fucking right to defend myself, even in Washington, D.C., okay? (laughs) Even in Washington, D.C. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that that's how i would solve that motherfucking turkey problem yeah seriously yeah i say because i can be all like boastful like that when there's not an actual like turkey problem going on nearby my house not yet but not you know. yet it could i mean it's on the uptick i, yeah, the night I, is I would young. not surprise me if there are gangs of wild turkeys in kansas probably several of them <laughs> yeah probably i feel like turkeys would just be like running all over kansas like causing problems i mean it's very flat it's easily you know run easy to run on yeah mm-hmm. lots of corn yeah lots of corn to peck at and eat yeah 
About the same time in Oakland, California, a turkey named Gerald, who lived in a municipal rose garden, wounded several park goers, becoming so aggressive that one resident complained the bird reminded him of, quote, the velociraptor scenes in Jurassic Park. And <laughs> Clever girl. Clever girl. <laughs> that's funny. I was just thinking about that line. That's, one of, that's a really good one from that movie. Yeah. Clever girl. I'm always sorry that that guy dies. Yeah, he was a good he was a good character. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I, I like it when the 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 cool badass kind of hot characters with an accent live. Yeah, that's your yeah. that's your shit right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. The city shut down the garden until he was captured and relocated by state game officials. It was an ordeal that took months said Ann Dunn, director they, of Oakland Animal Services. They sent him to Washington, D.C. <laughs> who read Damn a media Gerald. account about the D.C. bird. Quote, even seeing the words turkey attack brings back bad memories, end quote, she said. God damn. <laughs> yeah. In Washington, the Tom Turkey, who resides alongside a popular six-year-old six Anna Castilla Riverwalk Trail, has become a fearsome bully. Increasingly aggressive since he was first spotted at the Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens, a historic facility managed by the National Park Service. Joe Cashman, a park guide everyone knows as Ranger Joe... <laughs> good old Ranger Joe. Oh, uh, yeah. Ranger Joe's a good guy. So they, he and another park guide were on a bike patrol when they were pursued by the foul last fall. Quote, we got a kick out of it, Ranger Joe said, end quote. Quote, then we started to get getting complaints. It started getting aggressive. It's gotten more and more aggressive, end quote. In January, warning signs were posted. In February, the turkey aggression became extreme. Wild turkeys can run up to 25 miles an hour, according to the turkey talking points. Wow. Quote, it struts its stuff and spreads its tail feathers. End quote, Ranger Joe said, sharing a video of the Tom trying to attack him. The ranger, an Air Force Army graduate, is no shrimp. He's six feet, four inches tall. As complaints mounted, the Park Service fretted. Quote, it's not a good situation. We want to have a balance between protecting wildlife and protecting our visitors. End quote, said Ranger Joe. Why is the turkey still at large? Asked the talking points. Turkeys are elusive birds and are hard to catch. Like, really, like, this is on the uh, handout, huh? The turkey talking points. <laughs> All right, turkey What you need to know about turkeys. Here's some really obvious shit. Want to know more? <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I feel like you shouldn't, ha like, for the turkey talking points, if this is something they're, like, handing out or posting to the general public, uh, you shouldn't use words like elusive. <laughs> no, no. The fact that turkeys are hard to catch, that should just be enough. Yeah, the elusive part. I mean, as part. if, a, you know, like, someone who's smarter than the average bear could probably figure that one out. Like, you know, it's probably difficult to, to catch a turkey, but... I hey, you gotta know. put it out there, I guess. <laughs> Hunters have volunteered to take the matters in their own hands. Quote, I'll put that turkey in a pot. One visitor told Ranger Joe. 
The offers have been declined. I don't know why. Probably because they can't, like, you know, like, officially be like, please kill it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you gotta have, like, it's like hunting season kind of stuff. You can't just go shooting wildlife in Washington, <laughs> D.C., or in California, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, neither, neither place. Honestly, neither if place. I had gotten attacked by that turkey, I would go back, and I would try and, I would I would go back with something. I mean, that's what I totally would do. I wouldn't just avoid the place. And I understand, like, the, that one guy who's like, I'm going to avoid it was, like, an old man. And so, right. like, yeah. Right. Like, no, you would I go was, back, like, armed, right? And just yeah. be like, you know what? Fuck if I you. Was in, if I was in my 70s, I'd be like, okay, well, maybe not. But I'm not in my 70s, and so I would totally go with a baseball bat or, like, a fucking machete or like you know some some friends or something and like right right just get a to posse get together mm-hmm. yeah yeah get revenge put on a cowboy hat that is exactly what i wanted to do to a goose that bit me when i was like three i mean three? i didn't want to go back yeah i was like three years old it was like oh, yeah. in like chicago and we were like feeding the ducks and the geese probably feeding the ducks and there was just probably some like asshole geese lurking around yeah but i had do. like a piece of bread in my hand still and it just like came up and like bit my finger and those fuckers have teeth okay yep. like it bled i still remember like this happening to me it's not just like a funny anecdote that my parents tell now that i don't have any memory of like i fucking remember this shit i remember getting bitten by that goose the not mean streets of cool. chicago uh-huh not cool so you know that goose was like extra fucking hard probably yeah yeah so I wanted my father to go back and shoot the goose and then eat it for dinner. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you were like, I want to kill and eat my enemies. Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, you know, fuck that goddamn bird. Like, let's yeah. shoot it and eat it for dinner. But Yeah, yeah. Have you ever eaten a goose? I have. Goose is delicious. And, um... It's a, it's like it's like kind of like turkey to chicken. It's like more expensive than duck, and then duck is already kind of more expensive. So I probably I only had goose a couple of times in my life. But right, I feel right. like I, if it was more affordable, I'd eat it all the fucking time in turkey just to, too. Just to get them out of the fucking ecosystem. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, because fuck them. Fair enough. Fuck <laughs> them. Well. The National Park Service hatched a plan that did not involve killing the fucking turkey. According to the talking points, it states that the park determined that the turkey had to be captured and relocated. Well, no shit. I mean, it's attacking the general public. (laughs) It's a bad (laughs) egg. (laughs) Enter the District of Columbia's Department of Energy and the Environment, Division of Fish and Wildlife, I really hope they don't have to say that every time they're introducing themselves. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. This whole fucking article is a goddamn mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that's... What are you going to do, you know? <laughs> you know, well, I've committed to it, so... <laughs> yeah, so, so, here we go. The District of Columbia's Department of Energy and the Environment Division of Fish and Wildlife is... Uh, also enlisted the help of the Humane Rescue Alliance, the nonprofit that acts as Washington's animal control unit. The fowl has been spotted fleeing across the state line into... (laughs) 
Bladensburg, Maryland as well. So also on the case are the Prince George's County Parks and Recreation Department and the Maryland Department of Natural Resources. You know, I'd say, like, don't all these people have better things to do? But then they probably don't. <laughs> I mean, like... Probably not, because like, it seems this like most like... of the time is, like, spent naming these things and actually yeah. having to, like, say their job title, probably typing it over and over again. I mean, hopefully they just create, like, Copy a shortcut. And paste. Like, yeah, yeah, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> in Maryland in 2021, there were reported to be 9,146 of the birds within the state. Now, Maryland isn't a huge state, so no. that's quite a few turkeys. Yeah. This fugitive, our back to our Washington fugitive, is slick, Ranger Joe says, because he takes flight, quote, when he sees nets, end quote. The animal cops had him cornered under a bridge recently, but he flew across the Anacostia River into the U.S. Nas National Arboretum, entangling yet another federal agency in the hunt, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Oh, wow. So now they're going to, like, join in, because what makes something better than another government agency stepping in because it's like, oh, hey, this turkey crossed a fucking river, so now we got to get involved. And... Yeah, well, now it's in the arboretum, you know, so that's like, what, five agencies at this point? Yes, it's, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. The turkey fled to familiar terrain. The Arboretum's USDA wildlife manager, Sue Greeley, said that until last fall, the turkey had been nesting in a 446-acre federal park since the spring of 2021. He fattened up over the summer on the broad ex cicadas or brood ex cicadas that emerged by the millions. So you oh, remember yeah. that whole thing yeah, yeah. happened. Fattened those uh, terrible turkeys right up. Then, Ms. Greeley said, the tom may have taken off to avoid predators, including coyotes and possibly bald eagles, the Arboretum's more famous avian denizens who have had their own streaming webcam. So they got a thing for the eagles. And... Luckily, luckily, in air quotes, these turkeys have managed to avoid being eaten by any predators, and they got nice and fat, so... Oh, right. <laughs> I guess that makes them all the more difficult, difficult and hard to deal with. Uh, I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> nice meal for an eagle, though, if he can catch them. Well, yes, yes. Miss Greeley continues... Quote, it was this comedic detective-like situation where he was following and then pretended not to following, end quote, uh, referencing a group of workers that the turkey seemed to particularly enjoy attacking. <laughs> They're just like stalk them or something. Uh-huh. One day near Thanksgiving, the gentleman turned and warned him that if he wasn't careful, he was going to have him for dinner. <laughs> so one guy gets frustrated and finally turns around and is like, hey, I'm going to fucking eat you. <laughs> <laughs> the bird apparently hightailed it out of the arboretum. <laughs> wow. Quote, we haven't seen him since November, end quote, Ms. Greeley said. But shortly thereafter, the assaults began near Kenilworth Gardens. So, 
some forced drive, you know, he, he got a little scared. Some guy talked smack to him and he, he decided that he was going to terrorize the folks hanging out near the gardens next. Yeah, decided, like, this is not a good place for me. These people are going to eat me. I'm going to go someplace else. I'm going to go harass some vegetarians <laughs> on the other side. Social media and local broadcasts have been plump with reports. Quote, I was chased by this guy back in November for a solid quarter mile at a relatively high speed. I was lucky to be on my bike. Not sure how this would have ended if I had been on foot. He finally gave up at the bridge, which is when I finally paused, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that came from a uh, local victim on a local blog, excuse me, called popville.com. Another person writes, quote, a wild turkey that attacked me on the Anna Castillo Trail last night. And posted a picture. I ended up at urgent care with puncture wounds on my legs, and I had to get a tetanus shot and antibiotics. End Jesus quote. Christ. <laughs> what a dick. Yes. Uh, furthermore, uh, the person went on to say it was terrifying. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. One el elderly woman told Ranger Joe that she warded off the turkey with a fanny pack. Ranger Joe, at one point, while under attack by the turkey, defended himself with a rolled-up plastic fence. I guess maybe with one of those, like, you know, bright orange, like, construction fences that are kind of netty. Yeah. That's what I can imagine, being, yeah, like, probably. a fence that you could roll up and, and try to fend off a <laughs> attacking turkey. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, you gotta do it somehow. On a recent morning, Ranger Joe cautioned Terry Swiegel, a tourist visiting the Kenilworth Gardens with her family, and asked the Swiegels to report any sightings. She said she was familiar with turkeys because they nest in her yard in Dixon, Illinois, but those birds are docile, unlike the D.C. turkeys and the California turkeys, who are just, you know, out to, like, fuck a person up. Well, it's in Oakland, and then it's in D.C., and I'll bet you they're just on drugs. Because <laughs> both of those areas have a lot of drugs, so, yeah. You know. It's like these turkeys just went down a dark road, and their they addiction, just, their addiction led them to some, like, know? dark places. And, they just uh, want to take your wallet so they can get a fix. That's, <laughs> that's right. It's just, this is why it's so out of character, because yeah. normally turkeys don't smoke crack. <laughs> Not normally. It's hard because they have a beak and no lips, but they manage it somehow. <laughs> Quote, this is awesome, end quote, said Mrs. Swiegel. Quote, we're in pursuit, end quote. And that is um, how, how the article ends. So we'll have to just stay tuned to find out uh, if Ms. Swiegel had any luck yeah. dealing wow. with the, you know, turkey on crack. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's something else but there you have it I'll, I'll try and see if there's any any updates to the article at some point so we can uh, find out if the uh, turkey is still at large or yeah, no shit or if, or if, if someone's maybe... finally been able to do something about it yeah hope i really hope so i know because it sounds like this turkey is a fucking problem dude it sounds like it to me well uh why don't we stick on the uh, west coast and this is a story from NewYorkPost.com. Uh, cursed Florida man drove car with missing tires, threatened to skin deputy alive. Police. Wouldn't this be uh, East Coast? 
Did I say West Coast? You did say West Coast. Oh well, let's keep I it mean, on the it East is the Coast. Best coast, but yeah, no, I just I just <laughs> said the wrong the wrong coast. I meant to keep it on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, a Florida man driving a vehicle missing two tires was pulled over by law enforcement and alleged that paranormal activity was responsible. Oh. Andre Orula Monteglare, 29, was stopped on an Interstate 75 ramp near Marion Oaks on October 23rd at about 4 a.m. after Marion County Sheriff's Dep deputies noticed the vehicle's hazard lights were on and that the tires on the driver's side appeared deflated. A deputy didn't realize that the tires were not deflated but missing, and Orhula Montalegre was driving on what remained of the rim, the sheriff's office wrote on Facebook. When asked about the damage to the vehicle, he told the deputies someone had put a curse on him and that he had hit a curb too hard. The driver said he was given a do-or-die choice in which he could either drive home without tires or set the car on fire and sleep on the median. Body oh. camera footage shows. The driver was then instructed to step out of the vehicle, but appeared unsteady on his feet. The deputy asked him to perform field sobriety tests. He began cursing and using insults and claimed to the deputy that the damage to his car was from paranormal activity. Somebody All put right. a curse on me, the driver said. That is paranormal activity. Okay. He eventually threatened the deputies. Uh, if you mess with me right now, let me tell you something. I'm going to break your head with a baseball bat, he told the deputy. I'm going to skin you alive. The that driver continued. Those are not wise things to say to a police officer. No, not if you don't want to get, you know, arrested. Right. Uh, the driver continued to make threats and was ultimately arrested. Well, there you go. While two, while two deputies conducted a search of the driver, he spat in the face of one of them and continued with his threats and cursing. As the deputy went to wipe spit from his face, the suspect began grabbing for their taser. He had to be oh picked gosh. up and put in the back of the patrol car where he kicked both deputies. After he was taken to jail, he refused to submit to a breath test. He's charged with two accounts of battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer with violence, attempting to deprive an officer of means of protection or communication, corrupt by threat against public servant, and driving under the influence. He faces up to 25 and a half years behind bars and is being held on a $27,000 fine. Honestly, a lot of that shit is just like, like, it's just because it's a cop. If it was anybody else, you wouldn't have gotten all this fucking resisting, all this battery on a law enforcement officer. Oh, right, I, mean, I know. That shit like, is up just to like, 25 years, on. that's really excessive. The yeah. only thing I do have to say is, I know we, we do uh, criticize police uh, quite a bit, but uh, just the description of all the things he did, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that's not my job. Like, oh, uh, man. Just having this guy some fucking crazy guy, like, spitting in my face and kicking me and, like, you Trying know. Trying to grab like, a taser. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you know. That sucks. I, I feel like 25 years in prison is a little excessive a, for a doing little those excessive. things. Yeah. But that's still... That doesn't take away from the fact that it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, imagine, it's, like, that's your fucking day at work. Like, <laughs> right, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want someone to spit in my fucking face. And, like, no, that's shit. gross. That would be, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I wouldn't be into it. But also, the charges being extra just because it's a like cop. Super extra, It's just yeah. like, come on. Like, cops get away with a lot. 
and then for them to also be like, well, you can't hurt me because it's extra. Yeah, you can't you get do, extra trouble. It's just right. Because, like, I mean, if he just did that to, like, some other person, I mean. 25 years. I mean, you shouldn't mm -hmm. do that to people. No, it's wrong. But, it's yeah. wrong indeed. But, yeah, that, it, the penalty would be much less severe. Much less. Would you like to hear something strange? I would like to hear something strange. This is an article from Audi.com. Meet the Canadian woman who makes jewelry out of breast milk and semen. Oh. I've heard if of the breast are... milk jewelry, actually. Like, people will Have get, really? like, a, yeah, they'll get, like, a little ring, and it, and it almost looks like a pearl, except it's a little, like, like, a, you know, it's milk. a little bit of your breast milk. It's yeah. <laughs> encased Weird. in, like, a marble, like, a teeny little marble. So it looks like a, like a, like a pearl ring, almost. It's yeah, that yeah size. that's, that's, that's yeah. beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like, great, that's your breast milk. That's yeah. awesome. If you offer to make it, people will come in every sense of the word. <laughs> no matter your outfit, there's a jewelry material to match it. You can get jewelry in pretty much anything you want. Gold, silver, bronze, steel, plastic, bone, wood. And now we can add breast milk and human semen to the list. Awesome. You it's know, all... those things are forever. <laughs> they <laughs> just are. Like it's a like, <laughs> just like, hey, there's a whole, like, civilization in my ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the thanks... population of the United States right here in this ring. <laughs> yeah. Ding. Uh, it's all thanks to Amanda Booth, the founder of Trinkets by Amanda. The 33-year-old designer from Toronto blew up online after she start, started using, shall we say, imaginative materials. Mm -hmm. Her bizarre jewelry line starts, started innocently enough with a single order, asking to incorporate breast milk into a jewelry piece. Mm -hmm. But after Booth showed the end result on her TikTok channel, the creation went viral. Soon, Booth was making hundreds of pieces of jewelry a month. And then somebody asked for semen jewelry. Oh my gosh. Long story short, Booth now offers her jizzy jewelry line oh on her website. No. no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, if someone's willing to pay money for it, might as well take it. It's just the name. I mean, Jizzy <laughs> Jewelry. I know, I know. It's classy. <laughs> and I mean, how does she get the samples? Like, do people just like sit it in in like a plastic baggie FedEx or what? Like, ee. it's like got some more semen in a box for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, there's actually a picture of a ring, and it does look exactly just like great. Right, yeah, pearl. like I've yeah. seen those before, and yeah. I kind of get why those are a thing. It wouldn't be like my a thing that I would spend money on and and do for myself because you don't want to wear your own like breast milk or semen. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah. I, well, the, definitely the breast milk, but then but then the whole semen thing too, like that. I'm just kind of like, why? I but mean, she's why? probably not making it herself. It began I, with a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> Booth never intended to make a career out of turning human bodily secretions into jewelry, though. She stumbled into the niche more or less by accident. Booth's jewelry-making journey began in March 2021. She said it was initially a form of therapy, and without going into private details, it saved her life. So, that's great. 
At first, she stuck to more usual materials, booth-made earrings out of clay, and managed to drum up some sales online. Then came the first request to incorporate human-originated materials into jewelry, but the first order was rather tragic. Booth's friend contacted her after she lost her son in an unfortunate traffic accident. Her friend asked if Booth could make a jewelry set from her son's ashes. In her own words, Booth has never said no to a friend, and so she created the ashen jewelry. After showing off the set online, requests for more jewelry made from the remains of loved ones began to roll in. And then one fateful day, someone requested if Booth could incorporate breast milk into jewelry. So I get the whole, uh, like, ashes in jewelry. Right. Like, that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, breast milk, I mean, I, I understand. I mean... The isn't cum? it usually like... something that well the thing with breast milk is it's normally something that women only make a certain right during a certain time, time of their lives, in their lives. yeah and i mean normally... i mean i got it i wouldn't like i said i i understood it i wouldn't personally spend money doing that but i i, I could get the reasoning behind it right right <laughs> enter the semen oh gosh oh. Unlike... <laughs> unlike what perhaps most of us would have done booth accepted the order we suppose if you're working with dead people's ashes, you might want to use something that came out of a living person for once. Booth crafted the breast milk piece and posted a video about it on TikTok last November. And that's, what's, and that's what opened the floodgates. So far, Booth had been seen 20, 10 to 20 orders per week. After the breast milk video, her weekly orders skyrocketed to 100. Even Booth's husband quit his job and became a full-time employee at her jewelry business. In addition to breast milk, Booth has also made jewelry with umbilical cords, placenta, hair, and fur. Hair and fur, not so weird. Umbilical cord, kind of weird. Placenta, kind of gross. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, you just get, like, how, does, how do these things, like, arrive to her? I don't know. And, like, I would always, like, I mean, I hope she just wears gloves every single time she gets a piece of mail. Oh, I'm because... sure she does. <laughs> Who knows what's inside? Maybe with a little note being like, oh, hey, can you, uh... <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> can you make something for this? <laughs> Do you think she's ever been sent poo or gotten, like, pee requests? Maybe. Yeah, I bet she has, and she's just not sharing that, because yeah, it's, that's, that's it's probably like... a part of her day that she'd just rather, like, forget that's about. That's her dark because... web shit. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, it, was, it probably was only a matter of time before someone asked for semen jewelry. At first, I was like super offended because I was doing like a really beautiful breast milk piece in that video. But it kind of became the joke of the office, Booth told Narcity. And one day, I just happened to post that joke on Facebook and ended up getting serious requests on it. And so, the Jizzy Jewelry line was born. A saint... Or a Satanist. Booth doesn't want to reveal exactly how she incorporates the bodily fluids into jewelry. The artist has her trade secrets. She uses a proprietary method to turn the liquids into powder, which she then mixes into translucent clay. It doesn't take much to take one breast milk or dude goo piece. <laughs> Both only needs 10 to 20 millimeters of breast milk or just under two teaspoons of semen. Roughly one to two busted nuts worth. Oh, dude. Th thank you for, like, <laughs> it's kind of the author to let you know exactly how many loads that is. Hey, well, you know, if you want to get it made, you, I guess you got to know how much you got to send. I mean, you don't want 
too much or too little, I guess. Not everyone is on board with Booth's products. Online, she's accused of being various things, from a pervert to a Satanist, because Satan is renowned for loving breast milk jewelry. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really bother Booth, though. She's more interested in the people who like her work. Her clients have included people who want to celebrate the intimacy of childbirth or their relationship, in addition to some various kink communities. I'm guessing that probably has more to do with the semen, but also a bit to do with the breast milk. Yeah, I mean, it is a kink. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Boob cocky. <laughs> we can get people who want something to represent their fertility. We even get people who want something to represent their fertility journey for the couples that have struggled with fertility, Booth said. I'm an open-minded artist who really prides herself in being that comfortable, judgment-free space where people can come with all sorts of requests and feel heard. And hey, how many other jewelry makers are there using semen? Clearly, Booth has found a profitable, untapped market. Uh, it did not say... I, well, it, it alludes that she's getting the semen from the people. Like, the people send her semen right. samples they because it's like her, it. okay. yeah. people's fertility, so they probably just, you know... Similar to... They've got some extra samples on hand. And... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And then, and then she, she then turns it into a powder. And then the powder gets mixed with, like, a translucent clay. And that's what you have. So it's, you know... All right. But the, um, the process from turning it into a... Uh... Proprietary. Liquid <laughs> into a powder. No, from liquid that... to powder, that's proprietary. You can't... She won't tell you that shit. It's like... Yeah. Uh, Okay. It's like the, the, the KFC right. secret, secret ingredients or yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. the 13 or 12, mm -hmm. however many herbs and spices they have. It's kind of like that, <laughs> except with semen and breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Toronto is a weird place. Uh, Florida is a weird place. Yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Do you want to wrap it up with a of breast milk and semen i have a, a few uh, little creepy things that children have said that i oh yeah totally the yeah. internets yeah yeah kind of a palate cleanser from the uh the the breast milk and the, the, and the semen cum. jewelry yeah. story yeah. <laughs> this is off of uh www.buzzfeed.com so just kind of a, a collection of stories um when uh, it's like parents share the time their kid saw a ghost. It was the title. First story comes from Annie CB and says, We lived in a house on six acres of wooded, swampy land with our two-year-old son. One day, after a ride through the woods with my husband, my son started talking about Courtney. We didn't know anyone with that name, so we figured it was just an imaginary friend. But then he started saying that Courtney was a little girl who was trapped under the swamp and was never rescued. <laughs> Courtney never Jesus. came to... Yeah, I know, right? Courtney never came into our house, but whenever our son was playing outside, he would walk right over to the trees and talk to her. We moved out of the house two years later, and our son was hysterically upset that Courtney was still trapped in that swamp. God damn. Yeah. Now, this could be a freaky ghost occurrence, or it could just be, like, her son's just, like, kind of a like, dark little horse, because, I mean, Olivia had all sorts of stories about one of our Halloween decorations, like this, like, like kind of, like, zombie doll ghost girl. We bought it 
at like a Marshall's or, you know, one, one of those or a Ross or a Marshall's or something. And when we're in the checkout line, <laughs> the checker is just trying to make pleasant conversation. And she looks at Olivia like, oh, did you find a doll? As she's checking it out, which I don't know why you would say it about this creepy ass doll, but whatever. Olivia was probably holding it and then like put it on the thing. And, and the checker's just like, so you found a doll, huh? And Olivia goes, she isn't a doll. She's a girl, a girl who was murdered. She was murdered in this very store. <laughs> <laughs> a very Wednesday Adams. <laughs> yeah, she was so Wednesday Adams when she was little. Oh my gosh. That's and, hilarious. Yeah, and the uh, checkout lady's just like, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay, you know, I'm trying to be like cool with it, but Olivia's just like totally like dead ass. Like, yeah, uh, like she's not a doll. Like, she's a girl. She was fucking murdered in this store. All right. Are those cookies made of real Girl Scouts? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then she even buried her a couple of times in the backyard. And then she would put a brick, uh, put a brick where she buried it and then write out this whole like epitaph on a piece of paper and like tape it to the brick. I have pictures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Talking about like who was laying beneath there and how she had been murdered. So I'm I mean, she had like a whole thing about it. So, I mean, it, that's what it, this, uh, the Courtney story kind of reminded me of right. was Olivia it. and her thing with this doll and quite the imagination yeah. on that kid. Mm -hmm. but dark imagination, very, yeah, but that's very fine. Very dark, very dark. <laughs> this next one comes from Salvatore uh, Menducisis or Menducis off of Facebook. Sorry for the butchering of the name, Salvatore. Says, one day, bread flew out of the cabinet out of nowhere. I said, what the heck? And my daughter replied, I see you finally met the cabinet ghost. He does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cabinet ghost. Seriously. Throwing bread and shit at people. Rude. <laughs> Becca Eileen on Facebook had this story to share. I was babysitting my three-year-old niece alone when I heard her moving around at 2 a.m. I went to go tuck her back into bed, and as I crouched down, she stopped, looked me dead in the eye, and said, the man in the closet doesn't like you. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Kids can say some freaky shit. Right. Heidi Tassali on Facebook had this story. When my son was three, we were visiting one of my friends at our new house. When all of a sudden, I saw my son say hello and wave at someone upstairs. I asked who he was talking to, and he said, the man upstairs. I asked him, did the man say hello back? And he replied, no, he has no mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, mouthless apparition is kind of freaky. Right. Danica B478FAOB06, quite, quite the username there. <laughs> Robert? Said this I was babysitting my friend's toddler who was playing in her room and talking to herself while I made dinner. I didn't pay it any mind until I heard her say, Stop! So I went to check on her and asked who she was talking to. She calmly pointed at the AC vent and said, the family who lives in the vents, the little boy is bothering me. <laughs> All right. 
That was like an Ice I mean, T movie. Yeah, kids are very imaginative. Or was it Ice Cube? People under the stairs. The I don't people which under one it was. the stairs. Gosh. It was one of. It was either Ice T or Ice Cube. <sighs> I can't think of it. I can't think of it right now. But yeah, that that is a freaking that is a freaking movie. I haven't watched that one in forever. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. I will end it with a submission by username Aw Shucks. My mom and her siblings grew up in a hundred-year-old house, and they said they'd always see a green lady standing next to the linen closet or peeking in their rooms at night when they were supposed to be sleeping. Well, it wasn't until years later, after my grandfather died, that my grandmother admitted that she had always seen a green girl around the house, too. My grandfather died when he sleepwalked and fell down the stairs in the middle of the night, and my grandmother says she thinks the green girl scared him into falling. <laughs> or pushed him, shit. <sighs> And ten years later, I still won't sleep in that house. Fucking A. Hell, yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to sleep in that house either. And I don't know, I can see more like it suddenly appearing and scaring him down the stairs just because, you know, it's hard for... Shit's scary. It is, it is scary, and it's hard for, like, you know, ghosts to usually make physical contact and actually push yeah, you down true. the stairs. It, it would seem like suddenly appearing, like, making themselves be seen. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, causing somebody to fall down the stairs would be more more the ghost way. Well, uh, those are some creepy-ass stories. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end here. So thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can find us at our Facebook at Stranger Than Podcast. You can find us, uh, we, we have a... Uh, a group there called The Strange Space. You can find our Patreon, patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. Uh, check out ageofradio.org and uh, that's the podcast syndicate we're a part of. You can also take a look at ageofradio.org slash stranger than where you can stream our episodes. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. Oh, and real quick, don't forget, if you have anything that you would like us to read, any strange stories of your own, creepy things your kids have said to you, ghostly encounters, uh, turkey attacks. UFO encounters, Bigfoot encounters, any like that. Anything like that. Send us uh, an email. StrangerThanPodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. Thank you.